Spring deals at Ross will have you saying, it's a yes for me. Say yes to trending looks like tube tops, dad shorts, and mini skirts for less than online, or vintage tees and beach shorts for a weekend getaway. With all the styles to choose from, there's a yes around every corner. Because saving money and looking good is what you do. It's a yes for you and your bank account. Hit up Ross for your certified yes for me moment. You can make money the hard way becoming a bullfighter. Or save money the easy way with Xfinity Mobile. It sure beats making money as a human cannonball. Now through March 21st, learn how existing Xfinity customers can get a free line of unlimited intro for a year when they buy one unlimited line. That's hundreds of dollars in savings on your wireless bill. Visit XfinityMobile.com today. Restrictions apply. Xfinity Mobile requires Xfinity Internet. Reduced speeds after 20 gigabytes of usage per line. Data thresholds may vary. Hey, hey, sister. I don't know if you saw, but I have a book coming out on May 14th called Own Your Everyday, Overcome the Pressure to Prove, and Show Up for What You Were Made to Do. And now I am super stoked because I can finally tell you about the awesome bonuses that you're going to get when you pre-order the book or if you already have pre-ordered the book. So if that's you, if you are either about to pre-order or if you already have pre-ordered the book, then listen up because you are going to want to hear all the amazing things that you get as a thank you for pre-ordering the book. So first, you get access to a special Own Your Everyday coaching course that we put together. Over the last several months, I have been coaching women one-on-one and you know, one-on-one coaching is kind of pricey because it's a lot of time and one-on-one attention, but I have had so many requests from so many women for coaching material and um, one-on-one coaching that I'm like, I can't do that for everybody, but I do want to make it accessible for as many people as possible. So instead of charging you hundreds of dollars to go through coaching and figure out what you need to focus on and how to sift through your ideas and your passions and get a clear plan. We just put it together in an awesome course for you. So if you ever feel like your own ideas overwhelm you, or if you feel stuck and unsure of the next best step you should take, or find yourself wondering which of the ideas in your head you actually should do and invest your time in versus which ones you just could do, or if you ever wish you had a little bit more clarity on your God-given gifts and what you are uniquely made to do, then this coaching course is absolutely perfect for you. And don't worry, this is not just specific to your career. It has to do with all the passions and ideas bottled up inside your head and your heart that you feel a little overwhelmed by. Inside, you're going to learn how to identify which of your ideas are really the best ideas to tackle in this season. You're going to learn how to map out those next best steps and prioritize those projects that you decide, all right, I'm going to go for it. And you're going to discover a really awesome tool to help you really figure out what am I uniquely made to do and how can I best go about it right where I am. Secondly, you're also going to get early access to the first two chapters of the book. So you get to dive in before anyone else when you pre-order. Your third pre-order bonus is 20% off a Soulscripts shop item or resource of your choice. So that could be anything from the apparel shop, from a Your Brokenness is Welcome Here journal to a sweatshirt. Or it could also be 20% off one of the resources that is available in the Soul Scripts library. So that's anything from the Sheer Fine Project to the College Devotional and so many other things. So if you've been wanting to get your hands on one of those cozy sweatshirts or maybe gift a journal to a friend or dive into one of those courses that can help you in your faith and your personal life, I promise you this is a discount you're not going to want to miss out on. All right. The last bonus, bonus number four, is exclusive access to a secret podcast episode. If you have been following my journey for a while, you may have seen that several months ago, we revealed a cover and a title for a book that is never going to go to print as it was. The book has completely changed title, cover, um, launch date, so many things, and it's honestly kind of a crazy story. So I thought, you know what? I had to put that in an episode and share that with those who really want to know what the heck even really happened. In that episode, I am sharing some of the hardest days I've experienced through this journey, as well as some of the toughest lessons I had to learn, and even the story behind last-minute decisions and how so many unforeseen changes happened in the 11th hour. But the only way you get access to this episode is by pre-ordering the book. You won't ever see it here on iTunes or in your Spotify or anywhere else that you might be listening. But if you pre-order the book, you are going to get access to this super special episode where I open up a lot and tell you a lot of things I don't want to put out in the public airways. (laughs) But also, you know, give you an inside look and a peek behind the curtain. So if you haven't yet done it, go to your favorite retailer's website, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, wherever. Pre-order your copy of Own Your Everyday. 
and then go over to jordanleedooley.com slash OIE dash freebies. We're going to put that link in the show notes and claim your freebies, friend. Dive into that course, get your discount on your resource or your sweatshirt and listen to that secret podcast episode where you get all the behind the scenes details nobody tells you. All right, enough about the book. I trust that you're going to go pre-order it and get your bonuses. You can even do that while you listen to today's episode. It'd be amazing. All right, I'm done. I promise. Let's let's dive into today's episode. <laughs> you're listening to She with Jordan Lee Dooley, a personal development podcast for the everyday woman. Come invited, leave ignited. Here's your host, Jordan Lee Dooley. Hey, hey, friends. I am super excited because I am going to be answering um, and just sharing a little bit um, about something that I get so many questions about online that I was finally like, okay, I hear you. We need to make an episode about this. Um, And that is about kind of the unique combination, or maybe it's not even that unique, but the challenging combination of being a multi-passionate and um, really motivated person. I am naturally an Enneagram type three. If you're unfamiliar with what the Enneagram is, it's basically like a personality test. My husband describes it, which actually he's sitting right here. Why don't you describe the way you describe the Enneagram? Oh, I like to think of the Enneagram as if the um, Myers-Briggs and a horoscope had a baby. (laughs) Which makes us sound like such weirdos. But um, it's really a super, super helpful tool. It's really like a... It's more than a strengths finder test and it's more than just like, here's what your personality is. It's more like I've heard it described by a lot of people as like an internal GPS. It basically helps you understand why you do the things that you do um, and kind of what your internal motivations are, not just what your tendencies are, but actually what is driving those tendencies so that you can really look at, you know, maybe how you react to a certain um situation or how you know you work or how you do relationship or how you respond to certain things and it basically helps you understand like why have I always been like that like why am I so you know internally motivated while you know maybe my brother or my husband or someone else is maybe more externally motivated or how come I can just you know be super organized but someone else isn't so it helps you kind of understand a little bit of the why behind yourself and be more self-aware so for a long time I wasn't super into it, I was like, this is just one of those things everybody's into. It's a fad. I'm not into that stuff. And so I pretty much am like, if everyone's doing this, I'm going to go the other way. And that's kind of the story of my life. So it takes me a little while to come around unless until I can see like, okay, this is legit. I should probably pay attention. Um, but more recently, that's something that we've, my husband and I have been paying a little bit more attention to. And so that's why I asked him to be on this, this episode because um, he obviously lives with me. He knows me well. He interacts with me on a daily basis. What? I obviously live with you. <laughs> what do you mean? Why, no, why I actually them? live in the garage, <laughs> in, in the tool shed. With the chickens. Yeah. I'm out past the chicken coop. <laughs> um, but yeah, he, he knows me well. And I thought it'd be helpful to have a little bit of his kind of insight too, as to things that maybe I wouldn't even think to tell you or share kind of how that, how I operate. But, um, so if you're interested in what the Enneagram is or you've never heard of it, that's a little very brief explanation. I'm not really doing it justice. I would definitely look into it. But I tell you that because I think it would be helpful to read the description of the Enneagram 3, that type. There's nine types total. Um, and you can draw elements of others even if it's not like your core type. Like you can be, you can have a wing and, and it's hard to explain. There's a lot to it. But um, my actual number is a 3. And the way that the three is described, it's the achiever. So that's kind of what it's called. And then it says the success-oriented pragmatic type, adaptable, excelling, driven, and image conscious. So then it says threes are self-assured, attractive, and charming, ambitious, competent, and energetic. They can also be status conscious and highly driven for advancement. They are diplomatic and poised, but can also be overly concerned with their image and what others think of them. They typically have problems with workaholism and competitiveness. At their best, they are self-accepting, authentic, and everything they seem to be, role models who inspire others. Their basic fear is of being worthless. Their basic desire is to feel valuable and worthwhile. And then you can also have wings. So an Enneagram 3 with a 2 wing, meaning you draw a lot of characteristics from the 2 type, is called the charmer. 
And the Enneagram 3 that draws from the 4, having a 4 wing, is the professional. And key motivations is ultimately that the 3 wants to be affirmed, to distinguish themselves from others, to have attention, to be admired, and to impress others. So, would you say that describes me? (laughs) Oh, just ever so slightly. (laughs) No, seriously, like if they were to put... Like if you read about the Enneagrams, they give you like other like similar types. Um, or similar examples of people with that type. Yeah, like examples of, you know, popular people or whatever, like well-known people. She would for sure be on that list. <laughs> well, I, um, you know, share that because even if you're not an Enneagram 3, um, maybe you are also multi-passionate or you're super passionate about what you do or, you know, Maybe you're an eight and eight has also got some similar characteristics to a three. Maybe you don't know your type. So maybe this is just like kind of interesting for you to hear. Um, but I've gotten a, so many questions online as to, you know, how do you and even in interviews like I am such a creator like I could never <laughs> I don't think I could work very well for others just because I'm so like kind of I want to be kind of in charge of the next step and teaching others and achieving new things and you know never feel like I'm stuck in a box like this is the only thing you can do um and so having a brand that's expandable and that has multiple sub brands and all of these different elements to it really fits my personality well but it can also be a challenge because I can also burn myself out and it's you know one of those kind of I don't know Uh, it can be challenging in relationships too because I move so fast and I don't like to wait for someone else and I don't rest a whole lot by by nature Matt you can speak into that for sure like just I'm not someone who wants to I don't like to feel like I'm unproductive yeah and I think there's you know there's definitely eh, definitely positives (laughs) to that but there's also some negatives when it comes to you know not you don't you kind of look at the Sabbath as like a suggestion. (laughs) I look at like the idea of sleep as like, Oh, that would be nice. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but it's also really crucial. Like if you were in a relationship with the three to celebrate their victories, Mm -hmm. however small, um, because they don't celebrate their own. (laughs) No, no. even like big ones. Like Mm -hmm. I've had to stop her and be like, Jay, like, look, you have to appreciate this mm-hmm. like this is crude like because if, if you don't appreciate your work mm-hmm. you're gonna get burned out mm-hmm. like quick mm-hmm. it's not like you're only doing your work but like for i don't know it's not like you're only doing work to get satisfaction out of it sure. but if you're not getting any satisfaction out of your work then it's kind of like okay why are you doing it at all well, and that's also the weird thing about an Enneagram 3 that's and like that's this personality type that can be hard to understand. It's like you almost get so much satisfaction out of your work that you don't want to stop. You're like, cool, that was awesome. I want to experience that again rather than just like actually sitting there and allowing yourself to experience it. Yeah, it's like the thrill of the novelty. Like, yeah, the thrill of something new. Yeah, it, it's so true. And also the this like <clears throat> I'm not so I wouldn't like I was talking to a friend about this. I'm not really financially driven. I mean, unless that feels like achievement, but for me, I'm like, if I'm achievement driven, so unless there's like a goal or a benchmark that I have to hit and then I'm like, cool, I achieved that, then I'm driven, but it's not, I don't, I'm not driven by money. I'm not driven by, it's more like the sense of achievement. She would, she would absolutely crush uh, as like a medical sales rep. (laughs) What? Like if you you could design a, like a medical device rep in a Uh lab. It would be Jordan. <laughs> Why do you say that? Because she's just go, 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 go. And like, all right, on to the next thing, on to the next thing. Like I'm, achievement. I can be very competitive. Um, can so be. Yeah. Just <laughs> sometimes. <laughs> um, and, you know, very, again, like achievement driven. So if there's a benchmark to hit, I'm going to hit it. And if I don't, then I'm going to find a, a really creative workaround to basically hit it anyway. Um, and that's just how I work. And that's just my my natural state and I know there can be downfalls to that obviously just like with every single type um just like Matt said it's something that I don't burn out as easily as the average bear takes me longer but then when I do hit the wall finally it's like a hard crash it's like peace out world I quit (laughs) I quit everything so that's why having someone Matt has been such a good balance in my life um because as much as I can be stubborn and resist it he really does help me find ways to rest and um you know appreciate the things that have been done the things that have been accomplished I have a hard time feeling like ideas are undone and because I'm so full of ideas that's actually why 
So anyways, I just thought that was super interesting. And, you know, the way that that kind of plays out in what I do as a creative, I mean, I have kind of a multifaceted brand and I do a lot of different things, I feel like. Um, But specifically, a lot of people ask me like, well, as an author, like, have you ever gotten writer's block? And I don't know if I've ever had a writer's block. Have I ever had writer's block? I I don't think so. Well, not for more than like 30 minutes. Yeah, but it's more like writer's block as in like, oh, I can't talk about this subject too. Because like (laughs) you just kind of like you get an idea and you run with it. Mm -hmm. So yeah. So for me, it's not so much that I don't, you know, that I struggle with writer's block. It's more that um, I'm trying to decipher which one to really focus on so that I'm not trying to say too many things. And that's a skill and a craft that I've had to kind of hone over time. Um, But even, you know, within the subject of writing a book, like that's a big reason I wrote this book that's coming out in May, Own Your Everyday, because even if you're not an Enneagram 3, I know that it can be so hard to sift through your own ideas and all of the information thrown at you and the things that you want to do or trying to find what you want to do. And for me, you know, as an ambitious kind of go-getter, multi-passionate kind of person, I can sometimes feel like I am constantly chasing after something more, but trying to find that careful balance of how do I, in the midst of that, even if I'm not entirely sure what that something more is in this season, even though, you know, I might have a couple different ideas or there are a few things I could do and I'm really trying to to determine which one I really should do, you know, I am also trying to pair that with how do I also find contentment and purpose right where I am before I hit that next milestone or that next achievement or that next goal. And I feel like I started to look out and like, gosh, we're so inundated with this message of, you know, go after your dreams, find your purpose, do more, be more, you know, and that's like part of me is like, heck, yes, I am about it. I am here for it. Um, But at the same time, I'm also like, but I feel like that message isn't being very well balanced. It's almost like it's either it's either or it's like you either just need to be content where you are um, and, you know, be satisfied and be thankful and just be there or you need to chase after your big goals and your big dreams and, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And it's almost like you either get like motivation or you get like mediocreness. And I'm kind of like mediocrity. Yeah, that. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) But I get so frustrated because I'm like, no, these things like we need a message that brings them together. Like we can be women that go after, you know, big dreams and things that we really want to do without shame of that. But there really does need to be a fine balance, because if we get overly zeroed in on that and we almost get tunnel vision in that, like we also miss out on the life we currently have. But if we get too comfortable where we are, then we're never going to step outside our comfort zones. So what's the balance of that? Like, how do we navigate that? How do we get over these mental roadblocks and mindsets that kind of can hold us back from either contentment where we are or going after the next thing that we know we're supposed to be doing or that we want to try? And so, you know, it's like, how do we have experience, purpose and meaning and intentionality in both? Um, So that's kind of the ultimate, I feel like, oxymoron. And it's kind of a tough thing to tackle, but they say you write books for yourself. And so, you know, you really write the book that you need to hear or what you're really learning, what you need to read. And so, you know, being someone who is multi-passionate and being an Enneagram 3 um, and that combination of those things, I mean, it totally makes sense as to why I was like, we, I need a message like this. Like, I can't read another book that's like, go after your dreams and do the thing and yada, 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 and don't let anything get in your way, like all about it. But it's also like, it will exhaust me because I will be the one to be like, cool, I don't even know what it is, but we're going to go for it. Um, (laughs) and it's, it's like, how do you balance that? And then, and then I get so tired of books that are just like, or not even just books, just messaging. That's just like, I, it frustrates me when there's no action orientedness. And so that was a really big kind of my personality type and just the experience that I have and the way that I operate kind of informed the need for this book. But I also was able to see how much broader it serves because even if you don't have that same drive or same personality type, I think all of us can feel overwhelmed by information or feel dissatisfied where we are, but not sure where we're going or vice versa. We know exactly we're so satisfied where we are that we're not even thinking about maybe how can we be intentional with the next step or, you know, kind of forward think or be a little bit more active. So it's just kind of meant to find that balance. And that's been a big part of my story. So solid plug. <laughs> I'm not trying to plug it, but I guess go for your own book. I guess I comes guess on May 14th. Thank you. This is, this is why I have you on as my spokesperson. <laughs> no, but um, you know, that, that really is like my type and the way I operate. So 
I think it makes complete sense as to why I would write that. But, you know, speaking into that, I do have a lot of questions about like, what what are the, you know, how do you navigate the challenges of that? I am also multi-passionate. Maybe you're not an Enneagram three, but maybe there are multiple things you want to do or ideas you have. And I think what can be so dang hard in our world is that like we can see this is something I struggle with and something I've really in the last year had to um, kind of really find ways to navigate and work through and find tools to help me really prioritize all of the different things that I'm seeing and identify which ones are really best for me because you can look out and you're like, you're seeing all these Enneagram types. You're seeing all these different types of people, like one girl's coaching health and wellness. And then the next gal is teaching in a classroom. And then this lady's, you know, got three kids and they're cute. And maybe you want some of those. And then, you know, this gal's starting her own bakery. And then she's over here like traveling the world. And, and you're like, oh my gosh, I need to do it all. You know, and you're like, which one, which one of those, all those options fits me. And everybody tells me I can only pick one right? Or like you need to pick your thing. You need to find your thing. And that's super hard because we're constantly being, we're constantly seeing a bunch of things and everybody's things and you want to try different things and, you know, finding what actually brings you life. And, you know, I know that that's also such a challenge. And so how do we kind of work through all the options? I don't know. I, I think we almost have like the burden of choice in our culture, regardless of your Enneagram type. But for me as an Enneagram three and someone who's very multi-passionate where I'm like, I want to talk about all the things. Um, it can be a challenge to navigate that and really zero in on what am I being asked to focus on in this season? What should I be stewarding really intentionally? How do I not necessarily limit myself, but maybe be understand that life comes in phases and in this phase these are the three things that I've been given to steward really really well because if I try to do more than that I'm going to burn myself out and then here's the order in which I need to be stewarding them um you know and finding the tools and the ways to actually decipher that and narrow it down that was another I mean this is I promise you it's not a plug but it's genuinely like an overflow of my heart because it's something that I struggle with and why I create the tools that I do because you know it's like Hey, if I'm struggling with this, if this is something I'm experiencing, regardless of the Enneagram type, I'm sure other women are as well, because I think we women are so multifaceted creatures. Like I think so many are multi-passionate without even realizing they're multi-passionate if they just allowed themselves to open up their mind and see like, oh, wait, yeah, there are so many different things I could do or try. Now, how do I begin to decipher which ones are best? Because I think we can waste a lot of time on things that maybe aren't best for us, but just are kind of like shiny object syndrome is how I've heard it described. It's like, ooh, that's pretty. I'll try that. Um, and I've totally, you know, been guilty of that. And so, you know, again, like like I said with this book, the whole other reason I created the coaching course to go along with it was because I was like, okay, I need to find, you know, this past year has been all about finding ways to zero in on the right ideas to prioritize the projects that need to come first, second, and third, and really move through them, not just in my work, but like also in my life. It can be everything from organizing your closet to renovating your kitchen to, you know, maybe trying this work thing. And, you know, there could hosting a small group. Like there can be so many different ideas and things that we want to do, but we only have so much time and so much capacity and which ones are really going to fulfill what they need to fulfill in our lives in that season and what's really the wisest place for us to invest our time. So at least for me, I, you know, was like, okay, I really started to zero in on how do I find and narrow down all my crazy ideas and all the information that I see and all the options that are out there and begin to focus on like, what am I really made to do? Or what am I being what am I needing to steward in this specific season? And how do I do that really dang well without necessarily feeling like totally, totally limited? And so that was why I wanted to create the coaching course to go along with the book as like a pre-order bonus because it's a th- it's meant to really walk you through the tools that I use and the processes that really help me narrow down my own ideas. Matt actually helped me film it. So you can probably speak into that a little bit from your perspective because that's just kind of why I created it. But I don't know if you have any thoughts on just how that's kind of a helpful tool for someone like with my personality type. Yeah, definitely. I think it's it, it helps you prioritize um, to start and then you can strategize from there. Because yeah. if you don't know what really gives you life mm-hmm. and you're like, well, all these things give me life and you break it down the way that Jordan chose you how to break it down. It's mm-hmm. like, oh, like I'm filming this and I'm thinking, hmm, like, what is my thing? <laughs> <laughs> and what yeah. is my, you know, you know, 
deal breaker, mm-hmm. if you will, yeah. like for each one. Um, like wh- what is the one thing that, you know, really lights my fire? Mm-hmm. And that doesn't mean that's the only thing you can do. And I get so tired of hearing people say, like, you can only do, you know, one thing or you have to focus on one thing. I agree there needs to be some element of focus. But, um, you know, I, again, wanted to create a resource that was really a guide because I needed it. (laughs) And I need it every day because I constantly have different things that I'm being told I should try or you know trying to make the time to do this this and that and it's like how do you how do you sift through it all how do you you know really navigate the next best step for you in your season of life with your skill set with your gifts with your god-given abilities um and with your experiences and also with the time and the current situation that you're in, you know, whether you're a student or a young mom or a new wife or somewhere in between, you know, it's like, how do you really do that? And so again, it's like, it's not natural to me, but these tools have really helped me. And that's why I decided to put them into a course where I actually map them out and give you the ability to use the tools in your life to find the answers for you. Because otherwise it's just like, it all sounds like a great idea to discover what you're made to do. And like, you're still sitting there like, well, still don't know, you know. So again, I think we're made to do a lot of things. We're multifaceted creatures, which makes complete sense. And we're multi-talented and multi-gifted. And I think that's something to be celebrated. But we just need to learn how to navigate that more intentionally so we're not overcommitting ourselves because I am the queen of overcommitment. <laughs> I don't have any type of tool or guideline. So anyways, not to get on a book rant, but... That's it, what I'm there for. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm the stranger balloon. Exactly. So we, you got to have a mat. So when you pre-order the book, you're going to get um, the coaching course and your personalized mat. <laughs> no, no. Can't can't commit to that. <laughs> I'm kidding. Not omnipresent. <laughs> no, I just mean, okay. I meant like that guideline, like that. Um, oh. Yeah. I was, I I was kind of joking, but I meant like that mindset that you bring, which actually is, I think, a really good way to kind of step into the other thing I was going to share on because, you know, again, the questions that I get are like, okay, as an Enneagram three, how do you navigate like a quiet season when you're not feeling forward progress? And that's something Matt, how, I don't know. I just want your input on some of this because you observe it in me and then I can share how I actually process it. But in a quiet season, I'm going to share a couple of these questions where like, let's say I'm in the middle of book writing and there's not like a immediate sense of accomplishment or immediate outcome or whatever. And it's kind of a waiting season how do I navigate that? Like what's, what, what is, what do you observe in me when I'm in seasons like that? I see you chomping at the bit. (laughs) Full honesty, full disclosure. (laughs) Yeah. Ah, gosh, I don't know. I think you're like three's minds are always going. Mm -hmm. At least Jordan's is. Um, like I ad lib like crazy. (laughs) Like there's no sleep mode. Yes, there is. But yes, it is difficult. No, Jordan has woken me up at like two in the morning. <laughs> like, Matt, I just got this amazing idea. And I <laughs> I turned to her and like the first couple of times this happened, I was like, oh, like, tell me about it, babe. And then like 30 seconds later, she'd be like, Matt, <gasps> Matt, did you fall asleep? <laughs> That's I'd, rude. <laughs> I'd be like, yeah, babe, it's uh, 2.30 in the morning. <laughs> so now if she gets an idea, I tell her, I'm like, write it down in your notebook. <laughs> I'm going to bed. <laughs> that is so true. It's good to draw lines. You yeah. want to draw boundaries. Um, <laughs> Around your own crazy. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's one thing to answer that question. And I don't know, even if you're not a three, maybe you really struggle with seasons of waiting or, you know, you feel like I sometimes say that when I don't see, like when I'm not in a season of like doing and getting the outcome and I'm kind of more in like the creating season or the um, brainstorm season or the, you know, refining or whatever. Um like, I want this done tomorrow. Yeah. Like, well, we can implement this right away, and I'm so excited about it. <laughs> but when I'm in those, it's like, it's, you know, um, it, it kind of challenges me to, A, it challenges me to think creatively. So it gives me an opportunity to actually sift through a lot of the ideas that I have. Again, like I was mentioning, um, and kind of, you know, work through, because it's funny, as I sit on something long enough sometimes I'm like okay that sounded like a really cool idea but now logistically that's gonna be a nightmare and I don't really actually feel that excited about it anymore so you know it actually helps me really when I start to do that and I actually have the time before I really can implement it like even in this season you know I'm prepping for a book launch and I can't really be doing a whole lot in between that because that's a big thing I mean that's no small potatoes and you know literally every single one of yours you know support on that has been so encouraging for me but there's still so much work with it and there's still so many 
many things that I have to I have to be very focused on that right now. And it's like I kind of feel like I'm in a pending season is how I describe it. I'm like, like I know something's going to happen, but I kind of feel like I'm pending <laughs> and it's really <laughs> unnatural. For and me. it's especially weird because it's such a unique situation with the book launch date, you know, being moved back yeah. two months. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, the book was supposed to come out like last week. Yeah. But mm-hmm. it, it makes it even tougher for somebody who like yourself you know who's very achievement oriented but on the flip side i think it's also been very healthy Mm -hmm. because it's really like tested your patience in a good way yeah and stretched you in ways you weren't you know sure of and it's shown me it's really taught me that good art and creating something that really does bring the outcome that not only the outcome but also the results that you want it to you know and the impact you want it to have on people's lives it sometimes has to be refined through the fire and unexpected changes have to occur. So all that to say, you know, to answer that question about, you know, how do you navigate these seasons where it's quiet and you're just not seeing like movement or outcome or whatever. For me, it's, first of all, (laughs) I call that my pending seasons and I hate when I'm pending. I'm like, I don't like that. I just feel like I'm pending, pending, pending because I have all these ideas like kind of bubbling up and I can't put them anywhere. Um, but I will say I've had to learn to look at it as a season or as a, you know, whether it's a month long or a week long or six months long or whatever to kind of look at that time frame as like, OK, I can't make a lot of forward motion right now, but I can be preparing and really sifting through. I mean, in the last month and a half, I must have had 15 new ideas of the next like brand I want to create or project I want to build. And about out of 10 there's like one that's kind of stuck and it's even refined itself more and more as I've had to just sit on it so I actually get better and stronger outcomes when I allow myself to be in the season of kind of ideating I guess is the best way to say it um or brainstorming and Good word thanks hooked on phonics worked for me <laughs> um that's debatable well yeah that's why we have editors <laughs> no but seriously you know it's like I think I've had to really learn the power of patience in seasons like that and I'm naturally not patient because I am so much of a go-getter onto the next thing I, I move quickly I'm an achiever you know I don't want to be stagnant I'm very much conscious as to how something looks and how that might be perceived by others and I never want to be unproductive or feel unproductive but I found that okay this is actually the perfect segue into what I wanted to share I have like one thing written down that I want to share And it's because we were talking about how I can just go, 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 especially when we're like, you know, it's very frustrating for me when we're in seasons of quiet. And that's why rest doesn't come very naturally to me. And why having someone like Matt, who is much better about making sure we take a full 24 hours of rest every weekend and unplug our phones or at least, you know, not be working or doing we need to be doing something life giving. Um, Having someone like him is so helpful. And I remember, was it, how long ago was it? Maybe like a month ago, we went to visit my family and we watched the movie Christopher Robin. Such a good film. It was so, great. So, so good. <laughs> if you have not seen Christopher Robin, you need to. Oh, Bob. I totally, <laughs> you are the poo to my Christopher Robin. out of honey. <laughs> Again. <laughs> You're good at that. That is good. Um... So this, the quick like premise of this movie and why I bring it up is because I resonated so much with it. And, you know, e- again, even if you don't have the same personality type as me, if you are, you know, feel if like kind of like what I say about my book, like if you feel like you are a woman chasing after something more, but also trying to find that balance of like, how do I also experience contentment where I am in the midst of that without getting too comfortable, right? There's a careful balance. Um, you know, I think you would really resonate with the movie because, especially in our world there's so much pressure to like hustle and get after it and I'm probably the cause of that half the time because I'm like kind of an example but anyways um so Christopher Robin he's grown up in the film and he's you know chasing after something more right he's chasing after advancement in his career and he has a family as a young daughter and you know obviously forgotten all about Winnie at this point and um you know he's doing his thing trying to advance in his company and he really imposes you know a strong work ethic on his daughter which I am again totally about anyways Christopher is reading a bedtime story in air quotations to his daughter but it's really like a textbook teaching her more that she needs to know for school which 
what six-year-old wants to hear their textbook as their bedtime story, right? They want to hear a fairy tale or whatever. So she had made a comment like, can we, you know, not study this or whatever? And he looked at her and he said, nothing comes from nothing. And maybe you want to kind of speak into what he mean, what he meant by that. Nothing comes from nothing. I have no idea where you're going with this. You don't remember when he said nothing comes from nothing? No. You don't? No. Oh, maybe you had a totally different takeaway from the film. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So <laughs> the nothing comes from nothing. Basically, he was trying to encourage his daughter like... If you're not doing anything, if you're not working really hard, like nothing's going to happen. You're not going to get the outcome that you desire. And so his whole like what he's really infused in her is like work hard, show up, kill it, you know, hustle because nothing comes from nothing. If you do nothing, you're not going to advance. You're not going to get the grade on the test. You're not going to have the outcome that you want, right? Nothing good is going to happen. And in principle, that is so true. If we're just sitting around doing nothing, we're not like no, no change, you know, or if we don't do anything, nothing will change, right? So or nothing will grow. So, you know, there's a lot of truth to that statement. And that's very much how I can tend to live my life if I'm, you know, again, not checked, if there's no boundary or parameter on that. And then what he said was, um, or no, so then like he's advancing in his career, working really hard, working himself to the bone, trying to prove it, whatever, all the things. Well, then later in, enter Winnie, right? There's a way that Winnie gets introduced into the story and you have to watch the movie to actually find that because I don't want to spoil too much for you. But as he, you know, kind of reconnects with Winnie the Pooh and like Winnie the Pooh's not trying to like do a bunch of stuff. He's like eating his honey, <laughs> content in his crop top. <laughs> Sun's out, buns out. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, you know. I get all the honeys. <laughs> Sorry, I'm remixing Winnie the Pooh. I'm ruining it for some of y'all. My bad. My mind wanders. Anyways, so... (laughs) So, you know, he's reconnected with Winnie the Pooh and he spends this time with him and it's right before he has to make this big presentation to his company where he basically is like, you know, trying to not only save the company, but also like advance in his career. And he's trying to figure out the solution. He's trying to figure out the solution. He's super stressed and enter Winnie and he's in back in the woods with Winnie, the enchanted woods or whatever. And he gets a rec- hundred acre woods. The hundred acre woods. That's right. Um, wood. What? It's the hundred acre wood. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Forgive me. <laughs> oh, bother. You've done it again. <laughs> So he spends all this time with his friends and he almost like it like awakens a childhood in him again and he ends up basically resting, right? Like he's playing again. And um, he made a comment to Winnie the Pooh, like nothing comes from nothing, right? Because he was so stressed. And at, at one point, Winnie, who again is just content with his honey, they're almost like the two opposite extremes. Like Winnie is so chill and Christopher is like on it, right? Winnie the Pooh's my spirit animal. (laughs) And, um, you know, he was like, no, Pooh, nothing comes from nothing. And Pooh looks at me and goes, you know, no, I found that sometimes the very best somethings come from doing nothing. And what you basically see in the film is that, you know, even though hard work is good, taking time to do nothing is sometimes because it's sometimes where your best ideas come from because basically what happened is then he was able to go back. He, he had the complete inspiration, complete clarity. He had a way, you know, spoiler alert, spoiler alert. Sorry. But basically Christopher got the solution he was looking for, but it was so different from what he would have come up with if he was just working from an empty tank and just pushing and pushing and pushing and staying up all night, trying to crunch all these numbers. Like that all got completely ruined, but because he took time to take a step back and rest and have a, a moment of quiet, even though he wasn't even trying to, it wasn't like he was looking to do nothing when he was almost kind of in a place where he was playing and resting and doing nothing. The very best something came from it. And so that was just something that really stuck for me is stuck with me is sometimes in our achievement driven world. And, you know, it's just, it doesn't make it any easier on an achiever, a natural achiever like me. But I think in our own way, we all are achievers. I think in our own way, we all do feel the pressure to prove or to, you know, advance or next step. And in many ways, there's a lot of good to that, right? I think that's in us for a reason. I think God put that in us on purpose. Like that's what, that's what allows us to survive, right? We need a sense of drive and competition and, you know, whatever. But at the same time, those things can get in our way and they can actually wear us out. And so I loved that 
you know, my inclination is always to think that it's always true. Nothing comes from nothing. And while that can certainly be true in some contexts and in moderation, it's also true that sometimes the very best some things come from doing nothing. So Matt really helps me remember to do nothing and not necessarily nothing as in I'm just sitting there staring at the wall, but more like nothing that necessarily creates immediate advancement, but something that's more like it's not giving you like productivity or an outcome it, that you can measure, but it's giving you rest. It feels like, yeah, it feels like nothing because nothing quote unquote is like, um, tangibly being accomplished. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's like a longer term. It's payout. really easy to glaze over the whole idea of, you know, Sabbath and whether, you know, that's something that you, um, prescribe to, mm-hmm. um, it's it's something that is really essential Mm -hmm. you know whether um you identify with our faith or not like it's Mm -hmm. it's something that is so efficient because you will burn out it's Mm -hmm. like the human body like the like humans aren't made to work 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 all the time Mm -hmm. like we're supposed to rest Mm -hmm. and it does we're also not supposed to rest all the time Mm -hmm. if you rest all the time nothing gets done Mm -hmm. Um, That's why both those statements are so true. Yeah. So I, I, I think it's something that, like I, like I said earlier, I'm, I'm kind of like the string to her balloon. Um, <laughs> and, you know, on the flip side, Jordan, Jordan can also be the one um, to kind of light a fire mm-hmm. um, when I'm feeling like sitting around and eating honey all day. <laughs> in your crop top? In, in my crop top. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, no. Um yeah, I, I I think it's 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 so essential um, to, and, and it, it feels like you're doing nothing. You can look at it that way, but if you've ever tried to just rest mm-hmm. and like put your phone down, mm-hmm. like I'm not talking about like taking a day of rest, but just like put your phone down for ten minutes. Mm-hmm. Put your uh, just try and stop and think mm-hmm. for five minutes mm-hmm. without any distractions. Mm-hmm. You'll be amazed how many, like, how much clarity yeah. you actually get. Like, I I think, you know, in a lot of ways, creativity is dying mm-hmm. because... Even pe- though it's, like, a booming career in some ways. Right, as, like, a quote-unquote creative. But, yeah. like, you don't... It, like, it, it's so hard to be bored nowadays because mm-hmm. there's always something else you can... Like, if you get sick of looking at Instagram, you can open up Twitter, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and so it's, it's really easy to just stay stimulated all day and then you, you're never bored, but like there's a, there's kind of a creative magic in boredom. Mm -hmm. Like it really gets your mind thinking about things that you otherwise would not have thought about before. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I, I feel like there's a lot of replication and half ideas in some ways, because at least I've experienced this, like, like, like you said, like fast and furious nine. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. No, but like. Creativity in some ways is dying in that originality kind of feels like it is because there's so much that's done. It's like, how do you even create something new? Because I've experienced this where, like he said, if you take five minutes and this even goes back to that question where it's like if you're in a season where you're not seeing progress or you feel like it's a quiet season as an Enneagram three or just as someone who's driven or who has ideas and wants to or enthusiastic, you know, I think that really applies to a lot of different numbers in the Enneagram, um, whether that's the seven or others. And, you know, how do you manage that? And it's like, actually embrace it as much as you can even if it's completely against your nature because even like Winnie said like something's really awesome can come from nothing or like Matt said like giving yourself five minutes or five hours to (laughs) kind of just unplug and be you know creatively you know whether like it's reading or writing or something that doesn't feel like it's trying to create a full outcome gardening baking doing something that's more um relaxing and life-giving even if it's not gonna advance you in any way um that's where I get some of my best ideas like when my mom and I were painting our chicken coop as random as that is she came to our house one weekend and I didn't like that the chicken coop wasn't white and so she and I painted it and I was like I had so much clarity and full ideas formulate rather than like a quick half idea and then you know wanting to just jump on it right away and not even really allowing it to fully formulate or you know, you can start getting an idea, but then you look at Instagram and you kind of get inspired by what so-and-so posted and then you see what so-and-so is doing. And then now you've got all these like mashup of different things and your beginning of a really maybe amazing idea or thought kind of gets watered down or muddled or distracted by a bunch of other things. And so, you know, it's just, it actually can create the best long-term outcomes to almost do nothing for a little while. 
even if in the moment it feels super unproductive, it's kind of like a short-term versus long-term thing. Okay, so kind of playing off that too, before I wrap up this episode, before we wrap up this episode, I want to just touch on something else that I think is super relevant and really the bigger reason I wanted to have Matt on, even though his Winnie the Pooh impressions are uncanny. (laughs) Um, And that's because we were actually recently um, interviewed on a podcast episode not too long ago. And, you know, they kind of touched on this tendency of mine and just my personality type and they really related with it. So it kind of came up in conversation. And basically I was asked like, Hey, as kind of the way she described it as like an independent go-getter girl boss kind of person, how do you balance that with being in a relationship and still, you know, making the other person know that they are valued and needed because at least, you know, for me, I, Matt, how would would you say I'm pretty much like a do-it-yourself, like I got this kind of person? Yeah, you're definitely a (laughs) me-do. So when Jordan was a little girl, this is what I've learned from my in-laws and I guess from Jordan. She kind of told me, but they gave me the the dirt. (laughs) They told the whole story. Yeah. So whenever they would try and help her with something, she would like grab whatever it was or like push them away and be like, no, (laughs) me-do. I think that was when she was like like, 17, maybe. (laughs) (laughs) yeah 17 months maybe no but when I was a kid I mean honestly I until I learned how to say I can do it (laughs) even when I was three or whatever I would me do I would furrow my brow no me do you know and so my mom would even now like if there's something she wants to help me with and I'm not wanting to help I'm like no no no, I got it I got it she goes okay me do (laughs) it's like a family joke um but it really is kind of how I am it's not natural for me to ask for help or I don't like to need someone else. I don't like to have direction from someone else. I don't like to have to rely on someone else. I like to be very self-sufficient, which is very, um, I feel like necessary in some ways for an entrepreneurial type person, for a creative person in some ways, but it can also be kind of the thing that can kind of be the death of them in some ways and also be kind of unhealthy for relationships. So they were asking us like, how do you balance that? And so I guess, I don't know if you want to speak into that at all, just maybe how we make sure that I'm not just trying to do it all myself. Um, and just kind of from your perspective, cause I think it's helpful to have your input and then I can share what I've learned. Yeah. So I think little ways that I've, I guess, helped Jordan in day-to-day life. Um, it's just kind of, she's the type of person, like she said, who's only going to want to do stuff by herself um, on her own. She doesn't want my help. And so I do a lot of things that she doesn't even think about, um, stuff that she doesn't want to do. Um, and I do that without her asking, um, because when she sees that she's actually very appreciative of it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's, he's actually been, so, you know, one thing I've had to learn (laughs) is that I need to find ways, um, to, you don't want to ever make your partner, guy or girl, like it can go both ways, feel um, unneeded because no one wants to feel like they're not needed in their relationship. And no one is that self-sufficient, even if you're a more naturally driven person or a more naturally internally motivated person. So I've kind of had to learn like, okay, how do I ensure that he is needed with because he is needed? But how do I actually communicate that and find ways to make sure I'm empowering him in that rather than just kind of like pulling the rug out from under him and trying to do everything? Because I would say in the beginning of our marriage, I definitely kind of would like take over. Like, no, 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 I can do it. I can mm-hmm. do it because I wanted to do it my way. Right. Like even with folding towels or whatever it is, it's like. I have this idea that I can do it the best. And that's part of being an Enneagram three and being kind of an achiever. You have this idea that you can do it best and, or that you need to be the best. And I was actually even just talking to someone not too long ago and I heard someone else say this. They were like, you know, even when it comes to serving people, I want to like, I want to serve people. I like to serve people, but I want to be the best at it. And I think that would you, Matt, would you say that's can sometimes be true of me? Yeah. Just sometimes. Yeah. Hey, no, it's not always like that. I mean, you're not, I mean, but that definitely can become a driving factor, especially if I'm not operating in a healthy place. Like if mm-hmm. I'm pl- operating from a place of stress or whatever, Yeah, it's almost like you can almost help people because you want to help them. But also like, if you're going to help them, you want to be the best at it and you want to be the most helpful or you want to be the most impactful or whatever. It's so silly, but it's just how your, my mind works. So, you know, it, it can happen even in a relationship. Like I want to be the best wife. And if I'm not, I'm like, well, I'm the worst wife ever then. It's like one extreme. Yeah. The it's kind of like if you've ever seen Talladega Nights, it's like, if you ain't first, you last Ricky. <laughs> 
is basically how my life is. On so that's how threes view themselves. <laughs> like if they're not like the best. Yeah. Or achieving stuff mm-hmm. all the time, they feel worthless. Yeah. But that's not the case. Yeah. And I think, you know, and you might not be a three and be like, well, I feel that way. And I think that's also kind of human nature. Um, and maybe you don't even have the drive to be the best. I, but, you know, you want to feel like whatever you put your hand to. And, you know, I don't want this to be a conversation that only relates to threes because it's obviously, I think, applicable to anybody. But again, that's kind of the way I operate. We were sitting in a, in a meeting with our marriage counselors and they asked me, they were like, okay, so if this book, you know, launched and only one person read it how would you feel about that and like I wanted to I kind of responded I was like oh yeah um I mean at least it would impact one person so I mean I would just that's the point right and like that's the answer I want to give but inside I would be like I'd be so sad (laughs) (laughs) yeah I as soon as she said that I was like really Jay (laughs) because when you're married to somebody you can you know you can call them Mm -hmm. uh when they're not being uh forthright i guess yeah. and you want to see something succeed you know and right. I think, again i think that applies to anybody and, and not- that's not to say that jordan doesn't want this book to even if the book you know impacted one person right like she would be thrilled but because she's so achievement oriented mm-hmm. it, it's just it would be like oh my gosh nobody liked it you know you can kind of like go into your self-doubt so even if you're not a three i'm sure you struggle with self-doubt or feeling like anticipation or fear of what something you know will be or how it will turn out or the result of it and you can sometimes begin to put your worth in the outcome or what other people think and again Mm -hmm. or how you're able to prove that you know you are a decent enough business owner or decent enough mom or decent enough author or whatever your title is in this season and so I can really feel that very heavily. Again, it comes back to if you really read the subtitle, even of the book, it's overcome the pressure to prove because that's what I constantly feel like is my life's mission and goal because I can kind of fall into the pressure to prove. We can be image based. We can be achievement based. So I didn't write this from a place of like, I have figured it out and come with me. It's more like come on this journey with me because I'm figuring this out, too. This is so unnatural to me. Um But if you're constantly living under image maintenance and the pressure to prove and the need to achieve everything for everyone at all times, you're never actually going to just be able to intentionally do what you're made to do. And that's really the big argument. So, I mean, in that regard, again, I don't mean to go back into the book, but it makes complete sense. But when it comes to the relationship piece of it all, needing help, you know, Matt's done such a good job at navigating a relationship with the three or just with someone who's very much like self-sufficient because instead of trying to be like no let me help you and kind of imposing himself on me he's found just like behind the scenes things where I'm like hey how'd this get fixed he's like oh yeah I took care of that the other day like you're kind of like stealth (laughs) he's like the stealth helper and then before I know it like the podcast equipment's up and working or we have a new system or you know the trash is taken care of outside or all those sticks in our yard have been burned and I've been looking at them for weeks thinking we need to do something about that but it's just not something I want to do or I'm good at or even really know how to do I'm like if I tried to light a fire I'd probably blow up like all the trees in our yard (laughs) so (laughs) it's not an understatement it's not but you know so I guess the reason I share that is I've had to learn to remember that I need help and to remember that I need people and that I need my husband. And as much as it's, you've never, I will say, you've never made me feel bad for being so independent or go-getter. You've celebrated that in me. And I think that's really important because I think you could easily take that and be like uncomfortable with it or intimidated by it or something, but you've always embraced it and celebrated it and supported it. Yeah. And I think it's, it's definitely inspired me to be more that way. What do you mean? Like, whoa, hello, puberty. <laughs> <coughs> Sorry. Um, no, I mean, when, when you're around people, when you want to be successful, like you want to surround yourself with people who have, you know, that fire, that drive. And I went ahead and married one. So <laughs> winning. Um, well, and successful in all your, I think that's one thing that yeah, I always, I mean, I'm always she's, so, go ahead. Go ahead. I, don't, I don't know. She's a total package. But you guys know that. That's why you're listening. (laughs) That's very kind of you. But I always am very careful with the word success because I feel like we live in a world, especially for me as a three, it can be like such a word that makes me so focused on like what I have to do and achieve it next. Um, And I don't think success is what saves us. I don't think success is what defines us. And I have to constantly remind myself of that because I can get caught up in that really easily. Um, 
And, you know, success can mean a lot of things, but I'm always careful with that word because I don't want it to just equate to like career or money. Success means like, how are you successfully stewarding the body you've been given? How are you successfully showing up for your marriage? How are you successfully, you know, being intentional to grow in your faith or, you know, make sure that that's a priority? How are you succeeding in the ways that you're resting, right? So all of those things that are really, really key in our lives. I think we hear this word success and we think like, girl, boss, movement. Yeah. And it's like, that's like literally 4% of success if you really think about it. But I think in our world, we can get tunnel vision on that. Um, and I know that as a three, like from my perspective, if anyone's going to get tunnel vision on it, it can be me. So I'm saying this from a place of experience. Um, but, you know, I, I think if you have people in your life that balance you whether you're more like me where you're like all about the next thing all about the achievement you're super multi-passionate you want to do everything right now and you want all of it to be successful um you can really easily begin to miss out on being present uh that's something that I struggle with a lot even when I don't have my phone with me like I'm not constantly scrolling Instagram but it's hard for my mind to be present because I'm constantly thinking about new opportunities or next things or the next book or what we need to do to make this book successful or like whatever the thing is um or on the flip side if you're like someone who maybe isn't as naturally driven like that but can sometimes be you know need someone to maybe inspire them or motivate them or call that out in them. It's like, that's why balance is so key. So I just always encourage my fellow Enneagram threes, my multi-passionate girls to remember that they need others, that they aren't self-sufficient and to ask for help. And even if you don't allow others to help you, that's one big thing I've had to learn is Matt will step in and help where he's not even asked for help. And then I'm realize I realize, oh my gosh, the next time that I need this to happen, I'm just going to like kind of naturally ask him because he did it so well the first time. So that's a ticket right there. <laughs> so I don't know. That's a big thing. So just remember that if you take nothing else away from this, if you ever feel like self-doubt or the pressure to prove yourself or overwhelmed or you are such an achiever and you're multi-passionate like I am, just know that there are seasons. This is a big reason I wrote my book. It's a tool for you, but it's not just for you. It's for all the types who just feel overwhelmed by ideas. But also remember that message, regardless of your Enneagram type um, you know, or your natural tendencies, remember that message that I think we all struggle with rest and unplugging and allowing ourselves to formulate full ideas and, you know, remember that something really can come from nothing and that you don't have to do all the somethings at one time. <laughs> Matt, would you, would you agree? I guess you want to put it that way. I think it kind of makes sense. <laughs> Why? Is that a weird way to say it? Well, no. It's just different from how I would say it. Okay. How would you say it? What are your, t- what do you want them to take away from this episode? What is the big... Bada bing, bada boom. <laughs> um, so takeaways, if you are a three um, or you're similar to that, give grace to those around you because they don't, not everybody moves at the speed of light. <laughs> um, and if you are not a three, but um, you have a friend who's a three or your boyfriend's a three, um, do everything you can um, to really affirm their little victories mm-hmm. um, and try and get them to slow down and acknowledge uh, the little victories, celebrate them, and also rest. Mm-hmm. Um, and then on the flip side of that, um, you're going to have to move a little bit faster. Mm-hmm. Um, there is going to be a little bit of keep up, mm-hmm. um, but it's going to make you better ultimately. Mm-hmm. And it, you're going to develop in ways and it'll sharpen you in ways that you haven't been before. So. Yeah. Yeah. And I think for anyone, regardless of whether or not you're an achiever type or what, or something else on the Enneagram, or you don't even know what that is. Um, I think my biggest piece of encouragement, actually the one thing I want to say too, is if you're multi-passionate, just remember that you are allowed to be multi-passionate. You don't belong in a box. Make sure that you surround yourself with people that encourage that in you. But that also, I, this is why Matt says he's the string to my balloon. He's not allowing me, you know, he's not 
popping the balloon. He's not crushing all the dreams, you know, but being multi-passionate, I kind of want to do this and I want to do that. And I want to include this and try that and bring this in. And it's really a gift to be multi-passionate. And I know it can also be so frustrating. Um, so having people in your life, whether it's a great friend, a spouse, a partner, um, a sibling, someone that you're close to, um, that can, Matt kind of helps keep the guardrails on. Like he never says like, oh no, we can't do that, that, and that. It's more like, yeah, we can do that. Let's like timeline it out for next October. Right. It's like, there's no reason why you couldn't create that brand J you'd kill it. Right. But let's not try to do it now because it would kill you. If you try to do it now, it would kill your joy, kill your confidence. It would take all your energy. Right. You can't do everything at once. Right. Like there's this time and season for everything. Right. And that's why even like we were talking about with the coaching course, it's really to help if you, if you are multi-passionate or you just have a lot of ideas, cause it's meant to help you kind of like what we've had to do is how do you timeline these things out and build one bridge at a time or, you know, two bridges at a time, but no more than that. So I guess the best piece of encouragement I have, if you are as multi-passionate as I am, is to kind of find someone that encourages you in that and that celebrates and that listens to the idea, but is helpful in putting some guardrails on. Or if you don't know someone off the bat that's doing that for you, maybe ask somebody like, hey, mom, or hey, friend, or hey, spouse, like I noticed this about me. I'm constantly overflowing with ideas and things I want to try. And I tend to take on too many things at a time because I want to do it all. Um, can you help me by, you know, helping me timeline out the things so that in a year's time or two years time, I've been able to try or get involved in a lot of the things I really do love, but I'm not trying to do them all at the same exact time. That's solid. Hey, I can't thanks. add anything else. Okay. <laughs> well, that's what I wanted to share. I know it's kind of a dual conversation, everything from relationally, how does this work to, you know, balancing all the ideas we have. But if you ever feel like you are multi-passionate or you just are so full of ideas or, you know, kind of a go-getter in any capacity, whether or not you share the same Enneagram number as me, I hope this is encouraging for you. I hope it gives you some little nuggets to take away and things to implement not only into your relationships, but also into your work and into your personal life. And I also hope the book is a helpful resource for you. I can't wait for you guys to get it. If you haven't pre-ordered it yet, make sure you listen into the beginning um, or end. I don't remember exactly where we're going to put it, but I share all the pre-order bonuses. Do you want me to run through them again? Should I run through them again? Run through them, baby. Run through them. Okay. So if you do pre-order the book and any of what I'm sharing resonates with you, that's not really the whole reason I made this episode, but I figured it does fit and it's, it works. So um, first thing you get is the coaching course. Like I said, it's like a really awesome value that's completely free when you pre-order. Um, and that's video modules with me showing you the tools that I use to help map out ideas um, and things I want to try and projects on my plate and priorities that I have and be able to timeline them out well and divide them up well so that I'm not trying to do a majillion, a majillion, I don't even think that's a word, a majillion things at once. I'll help you out. It's not. <laughs> um, and giving you also a like a roadmap as to how to figure out like, well, what am I really made to do? Or what is the environment and the type of work and the things that I'm going to be able to do, not only just from a career standpoint, but just also maybe from a hobby or creative or volunteer standpoint that's really going to light me up and bring me to life and you know what's what am I really crafted for what have what God-given abilities and gifts and experiences do I have and how can I bring those all together into one thing so you're going to get a lot of just really awesome tools to help you map that type of stuff out second thing you're going to get is access to a secret podcast episode with me um obviously I don't know who else you would be with but anyways uh this guy <laughs> yeah but you're not on the secret podcast episode but that's okay hmm. <laughs> but in that I am sharing all the behind the scenes details um just of really what happens because even if you haven't been following my journey for a long time you might have heard that I actually did a different cover reveal of my book it was titled something completely different the pub date got pushed back like I mentioned it's been a crazy experience so I'm telling all the behind the scenes details that you wouldn't know in that podcast episode if you're curious um, give you a little insight into the publishing world and a unique journey in it it's a little unconventional the third thing you get is 20% off um, something from my apparel shop or resource library so you get to pick from the soul scripts resource library or apparel shop an item of your choice for 20% off and lastly you get access to the first two chapters of the book completely for free and completely early so you can get diving in right away and you also get access to the intro so you get like two and a half it's kind of special I didn't realize that was going to be a thing so all the good things I really hope it provides value for you and really helps you navigate whatever passions you have whatever ideas you might be overflowing with and any kind of overwhelm you're experiencing in your life and ultimately every single resource not only the book itself but around the book and the pre-order bonuses are made to help you as a woman who's probably chasing after something more or just dreaming of something more but also trying to find that really special and intentional balance to own your everyday to 
find the contentment right where you are with what you have. So anyways, that's all I got for you guys. Matt, you have any closing remarks? Nope. Thanks for having me on the show. You're welcome. Does Pooh have any closing closing remarks? I could always use some more honey. <laughs> all right. With that, we're going to go. <laughs> have a good one, you guys. <laughs> I'd love to hear from you. It makes me so happy to see you tuning into this show. So if you're on Instagram, let me know what your favorite part of the show was by taking a screenshot of the episode you've tuned into and share it on your story. Tag me at Jordan Lee Dooley and tell me what your favorite quote or takeaway from today's show was so that I can see what's helping you and even feature what you share. This keeps me inspired and encouraged to keep creating new content. And it's a great way to share something that your friends might love too. I can't wait to see you in Instagram world, my friend. Thanks for tuning in. To learn more about the She Podcast or to get involved in Jordan's growing community, visit jordanleedooley.com. Thanks for joining in today. Until next time, remain committed to intentional choices that refine your heart, faith, health, and work because your story is much too important to settle for anything less. Sometimes it takes a different approach to help you unlock your true potential. With Capella University's game-changing FlexPath learning format, you gain relevant skills you can apply to your career right away. Earn your degree from an accredited university and be confident in the quality of your education. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu. Capella University is accredited by the Higher Learning Commission. Learn more at capella.edu accreditation.